and welcome. It's time to keep it classy. Oh, I was like, <laughs> wow, it's so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 35 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host... Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys with themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of the new comics coming to the local comic shop. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Cafe El Arrero. I think we'll, we'll keep working. We'll work on it. it. We'll, we'll work, work on, on it. it. The comics we'll be discussing today are Blackbird number two, Batman number fifty-eight, Green Lantern number one, and Justice League number eleven. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside we're hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing by leaving us a quick little review and a rating and make sure you tell everyone about the podcast. Okay, so before we get into our show. Yes. Let's uh, catch up a little bit, Victor. How have you been, man? Been pretty good. Been pretty good. Been Been pretty good. Uh, I checked out uh, a new comic shop today. Nice. uh, Called Heroic Dreams out in Pickering. Um, That's Pickering, Ontario. Pickering, correct. Pickering, Ontario. For (laughs) our listeners, not in, not in anywhere near Canada. Uh, (laughs) um, So I went to go check them out. Nice little shop. Uh, I might have to go a couple more times just to form a final opinion about it. But they've been pretty good. I went to go pick up a few issues that that uh, that I've been missing. Uh, prices are fair. Uh, lots of product there. Okay. So I think it does warrant for a second visit, perhaps uh, bringing you along with me this time around. Yes, because this time uh, I, I couldn't go. <laughs> well, next time around, not this time around. <laughs> uh, and other than that, yeah, it's been pretty... Staff is good. Like staff, staff, staff is one guy so oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so the one staff was pretty good yeah he uh he helped me look for a couple of things that i couldn't find on my own so oh nice uh, it's nice. always nice to to get customer service with things like that yeah you know what i mean yeah i have been to a few shops where they kind of just leave you they just leave you yeah yeah and you know i'm not saying that's the wrong way to run a business because i don't have a business i don't know what it's like to run a business but uh, I do appreciate that little extra bit of service that was provided to me today. So, mm-hmm. again, heroic dreams. Perhaps we'll we'll check them out again some other time. Nice, nice. All yeah. right. What about you, Jay? What you got going on or had going on this past week? Well, Blizzard made Destiny Two available for free, free right. to claim, right? Uh, up until the 18th. So, actually, by the time this episode airs, if you have a Battle.net account, you should definitely go on it claim the free gift you can get destiny 2 on battle.net for free well battle uh, we call it battle.net because it's we've always called it battle.net i think now it's called blizzard app yeah so just get on the blizzard app and you can download the game for free and once you claim it once you own it then you end up owning the game forever so huh. you never end up losing i mean the license so you I, get the full base game i initially didn't care to get it but i mean if it's free it's free it's you free might as well just take it and you know free is free is but free. watch me download it and then they release destiny 3 right after <laughs> oh, i knew it <laughs> too good to be true no i think destiny 3 is still quite a ways away especially they just released forsaken and there's like still content planned on the way so it's probably not gonna come out for a while but yeah we've been playing that for a bit it's pretty fun mm-hmm. i'm playing it on the pc it's uh it's, it's fun times pc master race Fun time. <laughs> <laughs> well, because most of the people we know that play the game, they're they're on PC, right? So it just made it easier to play with everyone. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. And precision control, I will say, for that game is really great on PC. Well, any to be fair, any precision control on PC is just better because you have a Some... mouse and keyboard. 
Yeah. Like for you, like for you to control, say for example, it's let's say it's a FPS, like like Destiny is, right? For you to to do minuscule controls on a mouse is way easier than it is on a controller. I'm that not, I'm not yeah, saying it's impossible on a controller because you obviously have some really good guys that, or and girls that play on console, and and do a really good job of it on on various games, right? Uh, I'm just not one of those guys. So <laughs> <laughs> I was okay because when I when I played Destiny One, I did it on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, so control wise, I was fine, but. On PC, it's definitely better. I think it's a step up for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I'm actually glad my computer can handle it at max, so it actually looks good and doesn't just chug when I start to try to shoot. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, he's drawing his weapon. Nope, nope, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just skipping frames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> so I'm actually glad I was able to do that. It just so. ends up being blocks instead of de- instead of Destiny Two. <laughs> <laughs> blocks Two. <laughs> Minecraft Destiny Two. <laughs> Even Minecraft would be smoother than what I just described. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, you don't really need graphical fidelity for Minecraft, I don't think. <laughs> All right, cool. So why don't we go ahead and uh, let's go brew that coffee. We'll come back and talk some comics. Let's do it. And we're at the combination of the coffee and comic segment. And in this segment, what we do is we take some of the newest books to come out on the local comic shop you know, available on your local comic shop stands. And we talk about them, we break them down, we dissect them when we analyze them and we talk about some of the themes that are happening inside these books. So, before we get into talking about our books, why don't we uh, get a little introduction going for our coffee of the week? Well, don't mind if I do, Jerry. Thanks, Vic. (laughs) (laughs) This week's coffee uh, is from Cuba and is named El Aridio Café. It's way better pronunciation than, than what I Well, do. you tried your best. You know? So, this is the description that we're given. Cafe El Aridio is a blend of Arabica coffee grown exclusively in eastern mountains of Cuba. Master roasters of Cuba have produced this superb mixture of different varieties of Arabica coffee. So, right off the bat, we know that this is a mixture of different kinds of beans. Okay. All so, right. it's, it's not a single origin coffee. Uh, so, we're likely going to get like a mixture of different sort of notes and right. and fragrances but right we'll 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 pick up them we'll pick up on them as we sip our coffee throughout the uh, comics discussion so cool. that's our all coffee right. for this week all right all right thanks vic for taking on us on that educational journey stop it <laughs> <laughs> okay so before we get into talking about the actual comics themselves spoiler warning uh, because of the way the show is structured, because of, of how we need to break down the plot and stuff like that for the books and how we need to talk about some of the themes, we will need to give away some of the plot points. So if you have not read these books, make sure you hit up your local comic shop or hit up comicsology.com and pick up those issues, read them, and then you can come back and listen to that discussion. Okay, so first book we're going to be talking about today is Blackbird Number 2. It's written by Sam Humphreys with art by Jen Bartel, layout artist Paul Reinwand, Colors by Triona Farrell and letters by Jody Wynn. Okay, so Blackbird number two. I know you were very excited about this, Victor. Yes. No, you're very about excited about this last week when we were uh, talking about it in our Listen, cosmic. Trend. I'm, a, I'm about Blackbird right now. <laughs> I am about Blackbird right now. Yeah. All I gotta say is, listeners, if you have not started reading this series, this one for sure is a must read. 
for sure for sure is a must read this is definitely one of the better series to come out in in the last little while in Mm -hmm. my opinion yeah absolutely absolutely i think i think this series exemplifies what an indie series can do like just just the power of an indie series because a lot of times obviously people go after sort of established franchises right so people will go after things like you know dc marvel stuff or if they go into image stuff they want to pick up like walking dead and stuff like they establish franchises Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think this is a good example of what uh, a brand new indie series can do in terms of just like the creativity they can allow for a book like this yeah i mean if indie comics continue on this on this trend yeah right because obviously we're, we're seeing we've seen this level of success we're seeing it now in Gideon Falls mm-hmm. right so if, if indie comics can continue that trend of of uh, really mastering the craft of storytelling not to say that they aren't already right which I think they already they have been for years right and <coughs> Especially the last few years, there's been some really solid number ones that come out. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there was that sort of boom for a few years where because of the popularity, some of those big image franchises started to get or like image talk, comics started to get some books, number ones, especially and also because they're low volume runs, uh, low volume print runs. A lot of those number ones shoot up in value because there's been a lot more spectating on image stuff as well recent mm-hmm. in the recent years, mm-hmm. right? That has calmed down a little bit, and it's allowed, I think, some of these newer series with like uh, with new creative teams that you probably won't no, not have heard of and stuff like that for them to really shine, mm-hmm. you know? Because a few years back, I do remember there are some there are some other like books um, that like just really shot up. Yeah. Um, one I remember pretty distinctly when I kind of first started reading a couple years into like reading comics um, when Peter Peter Panzerfaust I believe came out mm-hmm. that thing shot up you know but that wasn't like that wasn't this huge long ongoing series yeah but it was just you know spectating right a lot of people have that still going on for like independent titles you know especially because they're low print run yeah not that uh, you know not to talk too much longer about this but if we're talking about marketplace speculation on comic books I find that um, like indie comics are the ones that really really shoot up in value yeah Uh, once something Gets picked up. Gets picked up, right? So Gideon Falls is an example. Issue one for Gideon Falls now will probably sell for close to anywhere between sixty to ninety US. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Even I have no idea. even some some issue one variants of of Blackbird, right? The New York Comic Con. Oh, the Comic Con variants is yeah, our, sure. is Nardi ninety US, and a, a, a couple of the other variants are up in the thirties now. I wish I picked that one up. Man. Right. I wish I made the drive down to yeah. To New York to pick it up, <laughs> but I mean that's that's what it is, though, right? Like, it, yeah. it, gone are the days, in my opinion, where issues from major uh, from major publishers like DC and Marvel gone are the days where their issues will shoot up like skyrocket in value, right? Like, the thing is, is with DC and Marvel, you pick up an issue, and and if it's there's if it's a key issue you might be able to sell it for like 50 60 bucks right now with 
with Image and, and other indie comics, like you, you, they come in at a low price point, but when they really go up, they really go up. They're kind of like penny stocks in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas DC and Marvel, like the, the true like Apples and, and Google <laughs> stocks, right? Where they, yeah. they come in high, but they sort of, they don't really go up and down too much. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion of it anyway. Nice. Nice analogy. Yeah, stop. He's <laughs> <laughs> just full of compliments today. So that's what it's all about today. Okay, so Blackbird number two. What did you think of this issue? Um, I I know we discussed a little bit about this earlier. I, I know that you're going to have some varying words about different <laughs> a little words. Bit, a, little a little bit. bit. I mean, I think overall we, we both we're agree on the same that, that this, I think that this on the same book page. is really good. Yeah. I, I personally found nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I I really enjoy this guy loves it. This I really enjoy the book. the pacing of this book. Yeah. And um I really enjoy how the world is coming together. Right? Um I know, you know, and I'll speak on your behalf for a little bit, I suppose. I know that your issue with it is that it maybe it's going a little too fast. Right? Maybe a little bit. And it's going to going through maybe and I see where you're coming from, right? Like they they introduce the dad, and then they go into the dad's backstory, and then they go into uh, deeper into the world of the paragons, right? Um, and then now we're getting a, a deeper look into the cat. What does the cat mean? Um, so a lot of things, and but that's what I like. I like for there to be. I like for the world to be established as soon as possible, so then we can get into the nitty gritty of the story. Yeah, 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 for right. sure, for sure. But you know, feel free to to voice whatever other <laughs> I, concerns you may have. I find that with this issue, the pacing of this issue, because of how certain things were revealed at the beginning, I didn't expect <laughs> it to leave that part of it kind of in the dust so quickly. You know, so like, I I like that it's going at. I like the fact that it's going at a more breakneck pace in a sense that it's throwing a lot of unexpected at you and a lot of just sort of this crazy things happening. Mm-hmm. And it's putting us in the same situation as Nina, as the main character, right? Right. So we're feeling, you know, discombobulated. We're kind of feeling the same hecticness yeah. as she is. Right, I was going to say that. at the same time, there, there were certain aspects of of the characters that were revealed that I wish we got to learn more of. I would have been okay if the outcome of what happened in this issue happened over two issues. Like, mm-hmm. if there was that sort of a midpoint where right. she just discovers the place. Right. You know, where she finally comes into that Paragon meeting place. I would have been fine if that was the end point for this issue. Right. So then the journey to get to that little part, they expanded on a little further. Mm-hmm. Right, I mm-hmm. I actually wouldn't mind getting to know the father just a bit more, because I feel yeah. like with the father, it's you want to know why she still chose to go speak to the father mm-hmm. when clearly the father was never around. Yeah, I, but at the same time, like who else does Nina have to go to? Right, we're no, we're not really introduced to much of Nina's inner circle, if she even has one, mm-hmm. right? Because as far as we know, she only has her sister, right? 
right? And and her grandmother and her mother and her father, right? So we already know that her mother has passed away. Mm-hmm. We can only assume her grandmother's passed away too. So really, she only had has her father at and, this point and her sister yeah which got kidnapped exactly so really she has like who else does she have to go to yeah right? but the way the series panned out it made it seem like the father just wasn't gonna be there he still isn't to be honest <laughs> but he is because she found him fairly easily yeah I'm like right? I'm sure so, he's around but yeah, he's not gonna so, go out of his way to yeah you know what I mean? no no but when I mean like someone not being there I meant someone who's not gonna be relevant to their part of the story to Nina's part of the story because I didn't think like truthfully yes the people around Nina have sort of all disappeared right and now her sister is taken I still to me because of the way they illustrated the the backstory of her family right I still don't think she would have went to her father Mm -hmm. especially in that conversation she also said like I've been doing just fine taking care of myself since I was 16 it's mm-hmm. like okay, so then what drove you to go talk to him? Well, because now That's, that for me was where I was be, like, okay, I don't think well, I needed to see her there. Because the thing is, like, yeah, she she mentions that she's been taking care of herself since she was sixteen, but now this is bigger than her. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> right? but it's bigger than her, but it still would be irrelevant to the dad because I don't think she cared about. Like, this is this is why, based on the information of what we got from that relationship in this issue obviously I think there's other things that happen that we don't know yeah. between the, in you know within the family right so this is just like the first layer peeled I just didn't think she would go to him right away mm-hmm. with it well like I said I, I think she's she's panicked she's for sure she's freaking out right like she's been popping pills non-stop just to try and get herself <laughs> out of control so I feel like it was it was a situation where she was sober and then she just needed to talk to somebody about it mm-hmm. and see if she could get any sort of help. Yeah. Of course, your father, regardless if he's been around or not, is going to be the person you go to first. First, I know. Well, it's the only person she can go to. Yeah. Right. I guess so. Um, even though he straight up didn't believe her and, and it ended up going back to square one after she was speaking to him. Um, I feel like that relationship was introduced for a reason. And I trust that he will play a bigger role later on in the series. And I feel like that's why they did what the what they did with the father. Because you're right, truthfully, they didn't need to introduce him there. Um, but I, like again, I, I feel like he's gonna play a bigger uh, role later on in the series. See, for me, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I feel like because of how things went down in this issue. He's gonna have no relevance in the moving forward. I will see because she straight up just checked that box off. Yeah, be like, okay, cool. Spoke to him. He didn't care. Okay, moving on. It, it, there's right? also a very good chance that they just used him to add to sort of the despair to, to the despair of her of her background story. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could be right. Like, he could very well just be there as a as a plot device for for um, digging deeper into a background story and nothing else I feel like he's gonna have a bigger role mm-hmm. especially if they've they gave him they gave his background story like two pages yes right so I feel like there's there's a reason for it and I also feel like 
her mother somehow is going to have a bigger role. Well, even, her mother for sure. Yeah, because, even though she's not around. Yeah. Right? Well, because the um, the cat said so, right? <coughs> yeah. The cat had already said that the mother was special. Yeah. Um, which actually brought brings me back to another thing. Uh, one of the things that they used in you know one of the I guess methods of writing that segment um, in this book is that yeah. they use the cat to speak opposite. Yeah. Right. So then she would do the opposite of what the cat did. Yeah. 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 So the cat then mentioned that the the mother was not normal, mm-hmm. right? So I don't think any like I actually think maybe the mother was part of that and then she had to leave. Yeah. And maybe that's why the um the person at the end, I kind of forgot her her title. Let me just see if I can try to find that real quick. But then that person came and started hunting down um, started hunting down Nina, right? Uh, she's a uh, Polaris Cabal. Pol- Polaris Cabal, nice. Yeah, yeah. So she came and tried to hunt her down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's apparent that she knows who Nina is. Yeah, right. And and which is interesting now because and and that's why I enjoyed the the pacing of 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 this particular issue. Yeah, because in the first issue, even the first half of this issue, we're led to believe that. She's really nothing special, mm-hmm. right? Like she, she's been, she's been wanting to be special so bad, and yet everything has not gone her way up until this point. Still not going her way. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're getting this idea that she actually is a big deal in this world, mm-hmm. right? And that's always exciting for me to see. Right, because now that's going to lead to more to more character development later on in the series. Like she's going to be an ever evolving character, and that's always a fun thing to see. Because I, the one thing I don't like is when a character just stays really one dimensional for a really long oh, just time. Stays stagnant. Yeah. yeah. So this gives the writer a chance to really change her in whichever way they they choose to, as long as it suits her character and it suits the story right right so that's why i i really enjoyed this this particular issue mm-hmm. see i'm i'm <clears throat> opposite of that again mm-hmm. so which is why like i still i still think the moment where she discovered the place yeah was a good ending for <clears throat> issue two for me and then right. to have to have um the team sort of flesh out to that point further Right, to, mm-hmm. to stretch that out a little longer. Yeah. Um, mainly because in in the first issue, I know we talked on you know on the previous the the last episode that we talked about yeah. this book. In that issue, we thought that she <laughs> may be a possibility that she's not that special. Right. And that she's just looking for this. Yeah. Right. That is all but gone now, and mm-hmm. we're just one more issue in. No, it's, it's again, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed, yeah. Right? But it's heavily it's, hinted. Yeah. So there's still... But the fact that she gave her a title, like the, the, the Polaris came in and said, pretty little Blackbird ready to play. And yeah. for me, it's just like, they clearly know who this is. Do they? Or is that simply just a title for a normie? Why would... No, well, no, because that bouncer came in and called her a normie. Yeah. 
but and that's what I'm saying though, right? It's it's yes, it's heavily speculated yeah. that she is a part of this world, which I which you know I'm excited for. But at the same time, it it could be that kind of storytelling where they tease it and then it's like no 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 that, that's not <laughs> what it is, and they pull back, and you're yeah. just like oh man. So I'm I'm thinking it's somewhere in between that, right? Like I'm I'm thinking that. Yes, we're being given the hint that she's going to play a bigger role in, in, in this universe that they've created. But I, I don't think the official confirmation will come at least for another two issues. Okay. Okay. It's, it's always a little more exciting that way. I could be dead wrong too, so I don't know. It could it could be... I don't know. Yeah, actually, you know what? You, you might be right because... We still don't really know what being called Blackbird is. Like we don't we don't know what exactly. that term means in this world. We don't even so. know what a Polaris Cabal is, right? So true, true. It could just be some guy that just walks around and is like, "Hey, you weren't supposed to enter that portal. Got to erase your memory now," just like they did in the first <laughs> issue, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's even though again, like I understand like where you're coming from with the pacing, uh, but I, I feel like. See, it was fast enough mm-hmm. where you got a lot of information, but it wasn't so fast where all the questions were answered. There's still a lot of questions. Oh that no, need for to sure, be for sure. There's more questions asked. This yeah, time around too, right? So, so, and I think that's what's important, right? Yeah. Is is that you keep the reader questioning? Yeah, and um, I think Blackbird's doing a great job of that. I, I will <laughs> say, I will say, despite the fact that I think it happened too quickly, yeah, I do enjoy the development. Like, I do mm-hmm. think the developments are natural developments of what would happen to the yeah. character right I just wish it was a little spread and out and the artwork is cool but, man artwork uh, you know, is so cool so I will say like I, I did really enjoy the book mm-hmm. so and you also have to give it you know you have to give the creative team it's due like a lot of books out there drag on way too long oh yeah this is getting to the point quick yeah so and and you know it, at the same time mm-hmm. to sort of play devil advocate with myself Right, like it, the pacing could very well not stay this way. It yes. probably won't, yeah. right? Um, and I'm, I'm sure that there are gonna be some really long, drawn out arcs, mm-hmm. right? Um, if if they decide that this is going to be a series that is going to be a long ongoing, right? Of course, it, it depends on the sales, right? But mm-hmm. um. But so far with issue one and issue two, I've been fa- I've been fairly impressed, really impressed, as you guys can obviously tell, <laughs> right? So, um, I certainly hope that they continue. If they just take just take the pace back a little bit, mm-hmm. if every issue was like that, I'd be happy. All right, fair but obviously, enough. it can't be that way. So, <laughs> well, who knows? They they might. Who knows? Yeah, there's so much craziness happening, right? Fair so, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Uh, any uh, parting thoughts on Blackbird number two before we get on to our next book? Uh, no, I look forward to seeing what this Polaris Cabal is. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing right now. The biggest and what is now. a Blackbird? I think that's the yeah. uh, next big thing. Because yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. that's probably a question that she will ask in the next issue. Mm-hmm. What, does she, what does she mean by calling me a Blackbird? For me, I'm curious about why the cat spoke that way. And it's like, it's like a Yoda. What is the meaning of what the cat was saying? It's a Yoda cat, you know. 
So, I mean, obviously, we know the meaning is he's saying it in opposites, but and also why bring up the mother? Right? And also, Clint, why spend so much money on shoes? Doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe he just likes shoes. Yeah, there's that too. There's lots of people out there. Like <laughs> Do you collect shoes? No, I like nice shoes, but I don't go out of my way to to, to, get to buy them when they're first released. Like I'm not that kind of a sneakerhead. Oh, okay. Right. It would be nice, sure, but I just don't have that kind of disposable income, right? <laughs> so I, I I buy to wear. I don't buy to collect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm glad we're on the same page. On that, <laughs> I guess. Okay. So let's go on to book number two. And that's Batman number 58. It's written by Tom King, art by Mikhail Hanin, I think. I One day I should really like, really look up how to pronounce his name. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm pretty sure it's Mikhail Yanin. Yanin? Yeah. Mikhail Yanin. Yeah. Colors by Jordi Belair. And letters by Clayton Cowles. Okay, so. This is the first issue after the conclusion of Beast of Burden. KGB's. <laughs> <laughs> Such a loser. <laughs> um, Listen, you can go. You can just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> okay, so Batman number fifty-eight. What'd you think? First issue uh, post Beast of Burton. Why are um, Why are penguins henchmen so stupid? <laughs> like they're just so dumb. Uh, I, I I thought the henchmen were the best part of this issue. Just the just even this just a small amount of dialogue they had was just so hilarious, right? Like at the end, when uh, the henchman goes, "Hey boss, I've got the butler's, uh, I've got, I've got the, the Wayne butler, I've got the Wayne butler in my in my sights. Should I shoot? No, but shoot yourself and or shoot the pilot and then shoot yourself. You got it, boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear two gunshots, right? So for me, I got the complete opposite from that. Really? I okay. I thought it was silly. Yeah. Because it's a little beyond the realm of possibility. Right. But at the same time, it is also possible because it illustrates it illustrates the penguin's power. Yeah. You know? I think for the first time you're really seeing the penguin like <sighs> for the most part you see penguin as sort of this like this joke of a character. Like he's just this sort of joke like this, villain. this frumpy guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this villain that like has control. But ultimately, when push comes to shove, he he goes away. Yeah, like, he's just like, no, dude, I'm done, right? So he just kind of cowers in. This is, I think, for the first time, you really see the you really see the penguin show his power of what he could be. Yeah, he he was very easily able to show Batman in just that very brief moment on that uh, when he got the message from the pilot that. Batman is no longer in control of the situation. You know what he kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of like a slightly dialed down version of Kingpin. Yes. Yes. Like a very... Actually, I never drew that conclusion, but yeah. Yeah. Actually, I agree. Yeah, because um, he's... You you get the sense from this issue that he's a very commanding individual. Mm -hmm. Very influential. Yeah. And... uh, like those two parallels alone with Kingpin, I, I think really make that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from the fact that now he's bald and and big, but <laughs> which I mean, Kingpin is also this is a bald and big, <laughs> but Kingpin is also like he's big, but he's also solid muscles. Yeah. So, so you tell me who's stronger. <laughs> Clearly, it's Kingpin. 
But um, yeah, just like you said, like you really get the sense this issue that um, that Penguin is, is is someone that you really shouldn't take lightly, especially now. Um, we get the reveal of how it came about with him and, and Bane's crew. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that's the thing. I, I think, based on this issue, because we see that the Penguin has spoken to Bane, Yeah, I feel like the Penguin at this point must know who Batman is. Right? So, I don't know. Because they they spoke about in the car they were saying how you know he um how bruce wayne must have manipulated the jury to help his pal the batman yeah but i interpreted that as though they still thought of him as two as uh, two separate people Mm -hmm. that's how i interpreted it because they specifically said we have to take care of the butler to in order to get to Mr. Wayne. Yeah. Right? Or but why wouldn't they say Batman? Because that's who they really know him as. Right. If they knew him as both Mr. Wayne and and Batman. Yeah. They would have just said Batman. Yeah. No, but for me I think that's more of a show of power. To 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 show Batman <laughs> that he kind of knows who he is. Yeah. Like he's not going to be certain about it, but he kind of knows. Mm-hmm. That's why he's targeting that's why he's targeting the butler at the same time as knowing that Batman was going to break in. I don't know. I, I, I didn't get that sense when I, when I read those few panels. Um, I got the sense that they were really out just to get at Bruce Wayne for screwing up the whole Mr. Freeze thing for them. Mm. Because for me, if... Okay. Um, which part was that? Let me just see here. Okay, so in yeah, in that last part where he says, um, <clears throat> "I we have the Wayne Butler in our sights. Uh, do you want us to pull a trigger? No, kill yourself instead." Blah, blah blah. Okay, now Batman, we have a lot to discuss, right? Yeah, I think the Penguin, after speaking to Bane, mm-hmm. I think he's now trying to align himself with Batman to help him. Right. At least it's kind of what we're led to believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> because I think Penguin ultimately knows that he cannot defeat Batman. Right. So, any any sort of plan that Bane devises, he probably thinks that it just probably won't go through. Yeah. So he might, and that's why, like at the beginning, you know, he just shows him being put away and stuff like that from Batman, blah blah blah, and like. I just I don't think like I actually think he's trying to align himself with Batman so in the in that moment when he's basically has Alfred in the sights he's basically just showing Batman listen I could have done it and you still won't kill me you still won't do anything but I'm not gonna do it so let's talk and try to figure this thing out right so I think he's actually trying to align himself with Batman because he knows because ultimately what is if he doesn't know Batman is Bruce Mm -hmm. what is killing the butler going to do to trigger Batman nothing it's not really going to trigger him it's going to trigger him in the same way that he just killed another civilian well I think the assumption was that you 
get to Alfred, to get to Bruce Wayne, to get to Batman. I think but, that was the assumption. Because right, if, but if, Batman doesn't know that at the time Alfred was being targeted. Right. So, so they're not using Alfred to get to him. No, but they're using it to get to Mr. Wayne, which was yeah, to get so, to Batman. Yeah, but Batman's already there. Which means they already know Batman was coming. I don't know, man. So that's why they, for me, because they know Batman was going to be there, mm-hmm. he's, he's saying, hey, Batman, we have the butler in our sights, but I'm, we're not going to kill him. Instead, I'll order my men to kill themselves. Let's talk. Let's figure this thing out. You got it, boss. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like it sounds silly when they're like, oh, you got it, boss. To me, that shows more fear. It, it shows the penguin as more fearsome because his men, as silly as they sound, yeah, will actually carry through with that, with what penguin is asking them to do to, right. to off themselves. I I mean I still don't know. That's how like that's, the ultimate loyalty. I still don't know how that scares Batman, but well, I I'd be afraid. Yeah, but you're also not Batman, right? But nothing, <laughs> okay, but nothing scares Batman because he is fear. Because I'm just I'm just putting myself in uh, Batman shoes. After Penguin says, I was like, "Good, you just lost two more men. <laughs> Easier to take down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he just lost two more men that were not even in their vicinity so yeah. it wouldn't make a difference yeah but yeah no to, to me i thought that's kind of where they were going with it is that penguin already kind of knows and penguin is just saying i'm not gonna do that to you we should ally up also i feel like why would they put as a writer i feel like alfred deserved a little better than that oh to be fooled like that yeah so what what was that part See, this is the part I wanted to talk to you about as well, where he's just coming down from shining the tooth after the, yeah. the uh, intruder alarm goes off. Yeah. What was that little conversation? Um, he's basically saying things that gets repeated in the background. Yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what that actually meant. Um, let me see if I can go back to that there. When when he's shining the uh, the T Rex's teeth, right? Yeah. So the warning goes off, and then yeah. he he looks around and he says, "Alfred," and then it's what sounds like the system saying Alfred. Yeah. And he proceeds to read some stuff or say a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's reading from a screen, and then it's coming through the system as well. Right. If it was the other way around, I would assume someone hacked the system and manipulated him. But he's the one saying it first. Mm-hmm. And then it's coming through the system. Or through the what I would assume is the audio yeah. system. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of confusing. I'm not quite sure what I wasn't that sh- means. Actually, now I'm reading about it, it is, it is... I was a little confused when I was reading this too. I mean... I guess there's a couple of ways you can interpret interpret this. The first is that Alfred just knows what Bruce is gonna say, so then he just goes ahead and he and he's like reading it in his head, and then Bruce says it immediately after. That could be one thing. Oh, okay. Um, because he seems pretty nonchalant about what Bruce is saying, like he already knows he was gonna gonna say that, right? Yeah. Um. So you're saying it's just him being sassy? Yeah. 
<laughs> which is you know a very Alfred which makes thing sense because okay? previously in in one of the panels was pretty hilarious yeah he says i'm going out how thrilling <laughs> uh, he's being super sassy yeah yeah another thing is um he could be saying that in context of uh batman situation at the moment where he's meeting up with penguin right we're just telling him just be careful right um but again like if you're gonna listen you 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 drew this guy hanging upside down to clean a a, a t-rex's tooth then you have him operating all this high-tech high-tech gear and he just nonchalantly walks out to a window like he's not like he's not gonna get hurt. like to me that bothered me because we all know alfred knows better than that yeah you know what i mean yeah and i also find it a little suspicious that it was so easy for i mean i don't know how that bird got through that window yeah it could have just shot him right through the window. <laughs> but that was something was easy was uh, so easy to break so it? easy to break in yeah I find that a little I think, odd. Well, that, I think, had to do with illustrating the fact that the penguin could have killed the butler. Right? When he says, hey, I have the butler in his side. It's like, I actually think it had to illustrate that when he was saying that, Batman wouldn't just sit there and think like, hey, yeah, they, uh, you know, the glass is reinforced, right? I mean, I, I personally don't think penguin can even take on alfred so I, no, but that's the thing yeah. in that particular moment i actually thought they might shoot alfred because the bird shows that the window is not impenetrable yeah so in that particular moment they pull the trigger he's dead mm-hmm. yeah so i think that is more to help illustrate that rather than just the fact that the bird can you know has like an iron head unless, unless Batman shatters the- <laughs> he's, he's Goku <laughs> unless uh, Goku bird <laughs> unless Batman was just like I knew you were gonna do that so it made the one glass panel easy to break but all the other ones, ones are <laughs> reinforced were reinforced so even if you shot it would have gone through and Alfred knew that <laughs> and he knew that I saw the bird coming <laughs> it could be I took you. down the force field <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could I mean it could be like that too but yeah I, I just think that Alfred deserved a little bit more than that Unless uh, yeah. the whole thing was set up, which then I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's offered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, especially given how given how sassy Alfred has been written in this run yeah. to Bruce Wayne that I felt like Alfred would know all this stuff. That's yeah. why he can afford to be so sassy. Yeah. Because he, he's like pretty much half the operation already. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, he yeah. is the Jarvis pretty much and Jarvis yeah. will never just go to the window well Arv- Jarvis well, can't Jarvis, can. <laughs> Jarvis will reinforce the window <laughs> I, I'm interested in seeing next issue of how that goes down what of how that conversation goes down right because it seems like Penguin is gearing up for negotiations yes so I wonder what those negotiations will mean for both of them because obviously it's going to I can't say that Penguin is going to backstab Bane. I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think they're going to discuss something where Penguin could come out winning. Okay. Yeah. I but see I that. mean, it's also a little soon too because they've only gone through like three of the, of the however big that group. I feel they feel like there was like nine of them. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting because this time around they shown again Thomas Wayne being there. Yeah. Right. The um, the Flashpoint Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I wonder how that that's like the most curious part for me. I wonder how that's playing out. Imagine he's like the final boss. He's just playing Bane this whole time. <laughs> I would assume so. I feel like that's I a feel, very Thomas yeah. Wayne thing to do. Yeah. Because I, I really don't think Bane has the capacity to put this stuff together. Yeah. There's got to be a mastermind. And I feel like Thomas Wayne would. Yeah. Because they're making out Bane here to be like Lex Luthor. Yeah. It's like, relax. It's it's, it's just he's just a steroid. It's, 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 a, it's a luchador. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Steroided up luchador. <laughs> Let's take it easy. <laughs> Yeah, so overall, I, I do really, I did actually really enjoy this issue, and for the first time, I actually felt fear for Alfred because I actually oh yeah, like I was just like I was I when they I was oh especially when they coupled it with that poem yeah, and I was like my goodness, I was just like no. let's not let's not shoot Alfred guys, <laughs> he's and, been he's been through enough, <laughs> and that poem is something else, that um, it's just as you're reading, you're just like. This is some really poetic stuff. But that's the whole thing. If you were Batman, yeah. If they knew that you were Bruce Wayne, I feel like they would have pulled that trigger. They've already shot Dick Grayson. What does it matter to them? No, see, that's Bane shooting Dick Grayson. That's Bane telling KGBs to pull the trigger. This is Penguin saying, "I'm not going to do that." Right. This is Bane. This is the so, Penguin which leads me to... to believe that maybe Penguin is has got a little something else going on. You know exactly. what I'm saying? He's exactly. got some. He's got some fish on ice. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I that part I, I'm 100 percent with you because I I don't think Penguin is gonna play to what Bane is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll just he's smarter than that because yeah. he knows Batman would just take him down anyway. Because we, which we, we, Batman has taken everybody else yeah. down. Right? We've got we've gotten a much more intimate backstory with Penguin in this issue. Yes, especially with what happened with Penny. Yeah, yeah. So that tells me that he he's going to play a more pivotal role within this whole arc, mm-hmm. this whole larger arc. Yeah, right. So we'll, we'll just have to see what's in store for Pangs and Bats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Way to that's contribute like, to the conversation there, Jerry. You know, I'm just uh, trying to give you your thunder, you know? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just reading parts of that poem part again. And I remember going through it, um, it had brought up certain, like some parts were a little confusing in that poem. But then as as you read it, it clears it up more and more. And then it gets to the point where the target is on the target is on Alfred and it says death is now the phoenix nest and the turtle's royal breast to yeah. eternity doth rest mm-hmm. and I'm like they're pulling the trigger they're pulling the trigger no. and then and then the penguin you know goes for a total 180 yeah pulls the trigger on themselves yeah <laughs> and I was like oh okay alright you got it boss so I, I'm actually really um Really interested to see where where the penguin takes us because because uh, I feel like Batman really now is just a pawn in this overarching game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. They're 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 playing. They're, well, they're trying to play Batman like a fiddle right now. Yeah, but uh, exactly. I feel like Batman's gonna catch on pretty soon. Yeah, and then uh, and then Bane's in for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you have any uh, parting thoughts on Batman Fifty Eight? No, Penguin better do the right thing. 
Do the right thing, Pangs. What would Penny want, Pangs? <laughs> Hard to tell. <laughs> okay, so why don't we go ahead and wrap up uh, Batman number 58. Let's go to Green Lantern number one. It is a brand new Green Lantern series. The return of Grant Morrison to DC Comics. Um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty monumental issue, I think. You know, proper Green Lantern title. So, Green Lantern number one, written by Grant Morrison, with art by Liam Sharp, colors by Steve Oliff, and letters by Tom Orz. Let me try again. Letters by Tom Orzachowski. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tom Napolitano. No, that's oh, the man. next book. That's the next book. Oh, oh well. Back to that. <laughs> okay, so Green Lantern number one, what'd you think? Um, I thought it was a good issue. I just think that there was I think I thought there was too much going on in this issue. Yeah. Like way too much. Absolutely. Um because then you have they they bring in the idea of um like post source wall lanterns. Mm-hmm. You have like antimatter lanterns and and the like and and then you have, of course, Hal Jordan's backstory um, pre-issue one. Mm-hmm. Then you have New Oa and all these different villains. I, I thought it was just a lot. It was just a lot. Like you, you can digest it in one read, but you just you just have to really make sure you're paying attention to the dialogue. Yes, if you're really trying to make the most of the pages yes I think you you'd have to go through multiple readings of this book I think because yeah there's just a lot happening to set up this new threat which ultimately at the end the reveal was great yeah for what the threat is right mm-hmm. but I think there's there there was a lot happening that didn't really illustrate too much about how's like I guess Hal's like reintroduction into this series. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a lot of outside stuff happening. So, but I think in in terms of storytelling, like you know, because of the way this issue set up and that they bring all of these new things in, that Grant is setting up for a pretty big epic to happen in Green Lantern. Yeah, and also writing a brand new issue one you have to assume that a lot of people are going to hop in into green lantern from this point so you sort of have to write all those all those things in in order to make sense of the story as it goes on Mm -hmm. right because you you almost have to write under the assumption that they didn't read the previous green lantern rebirth issues they didn't read the green lantern corpse right you have to go in with that assumption yeah. Right. So, I understand it. Uh, as someone who has read that, it's a little, it's a little much. But yeah. Um, a- as a new reader hopping into Green Lantern, I think they did a, I think they did a good job of providing you with just the right amount of information to make sense of the story that they're trying to write moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, I don't know, like. Because for me, because I knew the stuff that happened before, because I read the Jeff Johns run and whatever, and and all yeah. that other stuff, and the recent stuff with the Source Wall and all that stuff, like I felt like it was easier for me to understand. 
mm-hmm. I I felt like I felt a little opposite from if if a new reader were to come in on this series with this issue, I think they'd be lost. Like, um, I think they'd be lost right away. I can see where you're coming from with that. Like it is a lot of information, but let me see, see if I just trying to look through this here because they. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I I can see where you're coming from with that. They would have to do a lot of background research. Mm-hmm. And as a new reader, I'm not sure if you necessarily want to go out of your way to do that. Because if you're just a casual, you want to come in and you just want to read the issue and that's it, right? Um, yeah. Or like if, not even just, I guess not even just casual readers, but like you, you'd have to be reading for a bit to really, and you also have to be, as a new reader, especially because Grant Morrison hasn't written anything in DC that recently I think the last thing he wrote was during um, was during Dark Knight's Metal where he wrote that um, Wild Hunt issue yeah I believe he wrote that one so he, it, it's not like he has been writing a lot of ongoings for for DC mm-hmm. his writing style is very different yeah I think compared to a lot of the more mainstream current writers right so if you're a brand new reader, you come in and you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to pick up this Green Lantern book. You're going to be fairly confused about what he's trying to actually say, right? Right. <clears throat> there, It's almost harking back to the idea that ultimately how Jordan's going to become a villain. Because they're going yeah. back to talk about the Weaponeer. Yeah. And then they're, you know, they're extracting the antimatter lantern. They have the luck dial. They're, put, they're piecing a whole lot of stuff together that I think it's hinted at that they're, they're going to tackle how Jordan's whole existence again Ugh. about whether or not he's going to be good or bad. Yeah. And I, now that I think about it, do I really want to read that again? That's, that's the <laughs> other thing, right? Yeah. Now, this was a great issue, and, and I will obviously continue to read it, but, I mean, Hal Jordan has just been a bad guy so many times already. Like, so many times. Painted as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Paint, sorry, yeah, painted as a yeah. bad guy, like, many, many, many times. And, um, I mean, that's that's who he is. That's the ex- an extension of the kind of character he is. Yeah. Like, he's he's sort of an anti-hero in a way. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really follow the rules like Superman does, like the Flash does. He's very much, uh, I'm going to go commando and uh, you got to deal with it sort of thing. Okay. And and, uh, I I think that's why he's always on that path. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, I feel like that's always what we say. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, like we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's not a very good, <laughs> not a very good thing to say, but we keep saying it. <laughs> but it it is ultimately because we we tackle this issue by issue, right? We have to kind of see how how it goes. But yeah. I do, as much as I think it's like okay, we'll see where they take this. I do kind of have an idea where they might take it. Yeah. Um, and knowing Grant Morrison and the way he writes, he does talk about existentialism quite a bit. 
So I do think that's that might be a direction that they go down with Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun because, well, especially with all the other lanterns they're setting up to introduce and in, in, yeah, in this run too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and the idea of talking about that the prophecy can no like the Book of Oa, the prophecy can no longer be trusted, mm-hmm. right? To me, the Book of Oa has always been has always been a constant. Yeah. Right. Um, and the big thing with the Jeff Johns run was the idea that the Book of Oa and the prophecies foretold in the Book of Oa are all going to come true. Right. That has always been how they can triumph from the darkness with the Black Lanterns. Right. And then how they can defeat the First Lantern and stuff like that. And like that was all foretold in the prophecy. So you've always been led to believe that prophecies in the Green Lantern saga have always been truth. Yeah. I think what may end up happening is there's going to be this huge emphasis and especially in this run, I think there's going to be an emphasis on the fact that you can't trust prophecies and that you have to just sort of carve out your own path moving forward type right. of thing, right? And and how Jordan has always sort of been That's been his thing. The you know, the trailblazer yeah. type of character, right? So in this run, it would make more sense to have Hal Jordan pilot that. Um and it would be good to see like if they're painting if they're going to paint Hal Jordan as the ultimate downfall of Ola. Yeah. Like how how can he change the prophecy in that sense that how can he overcome that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's and that's his character is, exactly. is overcoming, uh, uh, overcoming adversity, right? Exactly. That's that's his character. That's what he does. Yeah. He is hope, right? Yeah. So, I, I think yeah, no, you you. I think you hit it on the nail. And then, um, I I think um, the introduction of the other lanterns is just an extension of that mm-hmm. of that storyline. Yeah. Cool. So. Any uh, parting thoughts on Green Lantern number one? I'm kind of curious to see what anti-monitor lanterns can do. Anti-matter? Yeah. Anti-matter lanterns? Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same way that they use their powers, but... Yeah. It, 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 I always find it interesting because Green Lantern is one of those uh, runs that um, have a lot of liberty in, in how they introduce new characters yes I find that Green Lantern has always been the series that has the most liberty in doing so so I'm always interested in Green Lantern lore because of that Mm -hmm. right like when they did Black as Night with the introduction of uh, the uh, the Black Lanterns and then the introduction of the White Lanterns and of course the champions of all the other colors Um, and then the um and then the entities like Parallax and and um, Ion, like always interested in, in um, what Green Lantern has to offer in terms of characters. So yeah, the biggest potential to expand mythology. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I I I also think that um and I think Grant Morrison being at the helm is I think the the right person to to actually expand upon that. After Jeff John sort of left the, uh, left the he has uh, to come back, man. <laughs> left the franchise. I mean, listen, let's let's be honest here. I think Robert Venditti did did a good job, though. Of course, you know, I yeah. think Robert Venditti did a good job 
taking over the helm, you know, having to take over from Jeff Johns, which just wrapped up like a nine or ten year epic on it. Yeah. And uh, I think Venditti did what he did what he could, and he actually did a really good job in the Rebirth era of yeah. Green Lantern with Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. So now I think Grant Morrison is going to take it into this crazy wacky direction. Yeah. That I don't think you've seen the Green Lanterns go through yet. No, I'm just saying that because I, I like the way Jeff Johns writes. Yeah, I think by far he's my favorite writer. Yeah. Okay, I can agree with that. Him and uh, I don't know. Jeff Lemire's getting up there, man. I've always liked Jeff Lemire's yeah. writing. I've always liked Jeff Lemire's indie writing. Yeah. Because I feel like in those stories is where he can really shine. And especially in the books where he draws and writes. Yeah. Um, so like I, I don't know if I've mentioned... I must have mentioned this too. But his run uh, for Vertigo called yeah. uh, Sweet Tooth. Yeah, is, you've only mentioned that like a hundred times. Just... Oh, okay. So let me... I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like I've mentioned it enough. So Sweet Tooth. <laughs> that whole run is fantastic. Yeah. You gotta you gotta read it. He, he wrote and drew and is just so much emotions in that, in that book and it's such a great great little run okay well so. for the 101st time yeah for sure I'll check it out yeah check it out. <laughs> I'm probably going to mention it again at some point yeah <laughs> and I'm also going to forget that I've mentioned it so. <laughs> okay so let's go ahead and move on to the last book we're going to talk about this week and that's Justice League number 11 it's written by Scott Snyder with art by Francis Manipal and letters by Tom Napolitano what <laughs> So, Justice League 11, we're back. We're back to Drowned Earth. And I think this time around, it actually explains a lot more about but then what's it, happening. It does. And then there's and then, and then it offers like twice as many questions again. Yeah, for sure. But but you do see a lot of things play out, which is, which is kind of nice. And then you also get the ultimate heel turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This guy's like the Shawn Michaels of, uh, <laughs> of DC over here. <laughs> yeah, buddy hit him with the sweet trident music. <laughs> so what would you think about Justice League 11? I mean, to be fair, it wasn't really an interesting read up until that point. Yeah, you think so? To be honest. I, I mean, I thought it was... Be- because it was they, more crisis aversion. Again. Yeah, because yeah. They, they a lot of the issue was set up to answer the questions from the previous issue right like how is flash surviving after touching the water yeah using the speed force um what's the uh what's the uh is do they call it the graveyard of gods is that what they call it yes graveyard of the gods what is that like oh okay well they go into this issue um will superman ever get his powers back yep he does (laughs) What happens to Arthur Curry? Well, he gets kicked off a mountain. So, <laughs> a lot of um, a lot of questions are are answered in this issue, but that's because they spend like. Well, let me just flip through this here. Yeah, they spend like ha- more than half the issue explaining it, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's maybe if you ask me, like maybe seven pages of like brand new material, mm-hmm. and. Um, those seven pages were the best in the issue in my opinion I think so and it's also when they got to the tomb of Orion 
yeah oh, so yeah, that yeah so that was when yeah. um that was when uh was it flash superman and mira. uh mira got to the tomb of orion just as aquaman and uh, wonder woman get to the graveyard of gods mm-hmm. so that was really interesting yeah um that heel turn though my goodness <laughs> i just see now i want to know why like why why did he heel turn like that is that not really poseidon it does seem like it's not it does seem like it's a possessed version if if anything yeah it just seems strange that they would draw like i feel like poseidon was drawn that way for a purpose yeah right? like a frost giant yeah well yeah exactly like a frost giant <laughs> if you ask me and um to me there's just no reason for them to draw poseidon this way unless there was a deeper meaning behind it even mm-hmm. even the uh, throne that he sits on like it's real weird looking oh yeah like it's real game of yeah. thrones well they they are in a graveyard yeah so that that part does kind of make sense uh and then he does he pulls like a he pulls like a ken <laughs> where uh, he goes if you think i am your savior then you are already dead <laughs> <laughs> That was a uh, Fist of the North Star reference, just in case uh, nobody really got that. I was gonna say that's that's, a, that's an obscure. <laughs> it's obscure. a real, a real obscure. We're talking like an anime from like like the eighties, nineties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I really enjoy that. But I wonder if if what Poseidon really is trying to do is kill Arthur Curry so that he can get this he can actually truly get into the graveyard Mm, that's true because there there is that yeah yeah because I find with DC heel turns it's not really a heel turn yeah exactly like it's a heel turn like this for one issue and then they explain it the following issue yeah exactly so I, I don't think like I actually think that he's saying like oh if you think I'm a savior you're already dead right but I actually think like maybe he's trying to send him to that place to the true graveyard so that he can seek real help like real you know powers yeah I mean it's very possible yeah um, yeah they kill him send him to the actual graveyard so that Poseidon can actually interact with him within that plane yeah, right. Because I feel like this is the vessel yeah. for Poseidon, and then and then Poseidon might just give him his powers. Yeah, maybe, and then he'll come back with it. Yeah, from the dead. Oh my gosh! No way! It's John Cena. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very wrestling now that I think about it. <laughs> like Stone superheroes, Cole's Steve Austin just to come out of stage. <laughs> superheroes have always been like wrestling. it's just heel turns after face turns and all that stuff but i i do think um i do think that's ultimately where they're trying to go because this this is the only way they can actually send arthur that way quick question for you yeah uh notice in that in that in that panel after like that panel when uh, poseidon stabs aquaman with his trident yeah on his shoulder doesn't that kind of look like uh, white lantern corpse symbol yes a little bit could that potentially be a reference I don't think so but 
It could also just be a seashell. <laughs> <laughs> they look very similar, a seashell and, and the White Lanterns. Uh... Speculation time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it were a seashell, so let's just run through our options here. If it were a seashell, then it is of zero significance. If, however, it is of the White Lantern symbol, it is very significant. Because... <sighs> okay, here's But I don't know. Okay. I don't think it I, <sighs> Okay, okay, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the panel. Okay. Okay. So look at that symbol. Yeah. And then Google the white lantern symbol. No, I know how it looks like. I've seen it, it looks almost exactly the same. And and it would make sense because they've mentioned the white lanterns they before. Did. They did. Right? So what if that's kind of one way to you know now that we've seen a sentient planet, what if that's like sort of one way for him to regain like sentient powers? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could be a way. It, I don't know. This could just actually, be complete no, bold. Now that I think about it, it, it actually looks more like a Black Lantern symbol. The Black Lantern symbol? Yeah. Actually, it almost looks exactly like the Black Lantern symbol. Let me let me look that up. It's, I don't remember, I don't quite recall how that one looks. Symbol. Okay, keep talking while I look this up. This is the talking point, though. Like, okay, I found it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I see. What you, okay. Now, okay. So similar thing happened. Remember back in um, it was a new fifty two, when um, when Hal Jordan basically killed himself. Which which run was that? Uh, that was also Jeff Johns. I think it was like the tail end of Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns end of his run. I can't. I honestly the new fifty two part. Honestly, can't remember. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of New Fifty Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he wrote it as a continuation for his run. Yeah. To finish it off, right? Oh, you got to finish that if you if you haven't read. Yeah, that part, well, I have right? to now. Yeah. Um, but he basically like killed himself, and then he he like somehow became sort of like the William Hand in that situation. Okay. And then he <laughs> he brought back Necron. Yeah. Um, to help fight the, uh, the the first lantern, right? And like, it was like a way for him to do it to build that connection. Is that he had to actually kill himself? Mm-hmm. So what if this is the trigger for that? Is that he has Arthur basically has to die to connect to the gods in the graveyard, and he gets a ring. <laughs> well, like, maybe. That w- like a seashell ring that would be creepy <laughs> it's morphin time <laughs> aqua ranger power activate <laughs> yeah so I- that's something else completely <laughs> wait did you say activate yeah activate Ooh. form of <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a digimon reference to be honest we, wow we are really yeah, dating so, ourselves here a one to one power <laughs> um, okay yeah so but like, I, I think that does make sense um, if we're gonna just sit here and like do speculations on what is uh, what might be happening with uh, yeah with Aquaman, right? Yeah, it could be a trigger for him to actually connect with the gods in the you know graveyard of the gods. Yeah, right. Because they're they're saying that the, in the graveyard there's actually like no gods left. Yeah, which makes no sense because it's the graveyard of the gods. Exactly. So maybe that's like the one true way for him to enter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, now. I want to ask you about this mm-hmm. at the end of the issue the revelation that the Legion of Doom has broken into Justice League headquarters yes 
what did you think of them breaking in so easily? They um, they used the boom tube, no? Did they? Oh yeah, they did. They used the boom tube. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I I feel like that is that's way too easy. That's way too easy. It it is pretty easy. But I mean, you you gotta put Batman in some sort of danger. He is. He's <laughs> the whole thing's the whole, the whole thing's collapsing, collapsing yeah, on him. But, yeah. but like, I feel like now would be the time to kind of reintroduce Legion of Doom back into the story. Like, why? This is a good time. Events. I think. Yeah. You know. You know what I think is gonna happen. Our boy Jaro is really gonna mess him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jaro. There's gotta be more significance significance to Jaro because sure, it seems too. like um, it seems like Jaro really has a, a close attachment to Batman. Yeah, because Jaro calls him uh, calls him dad calls him dad. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like Jaro's really gonna mess these guys up. Yeah, yeah like real sure. bad. Now I also think this is gonna be the time where they come in and try to take the totality, and that is I think when Perpetual is gonna come back and then mess them up. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's gonna be time where Perpetua reveals herself it's morphin time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that could be kind of naturally where they end up going with this issue because yeah, but that, and that would make sense it's been a while you know? and that would make sense you know use the ploy of of the other ocean gods to break into the hall of justice to steal the totality because now with with most of the heroes turned and with only a handful of them fighting off other battles, you're left leaving Batman, who is kind of broken. Yeah. Right? Like, he's still recovering from his, like, like if they major just surgery. The, if they just ripped the suit off, he's he's, he's done. Like, if you look at his suit, like, it's his his arms are bound to the suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't even move him. <laughs> he's even having a hard time holding on to Jaro. <laughs> Jaro, no. But I also feel like this is where we're going to see the extent of uh, Batman's new physical upgrades. Yes. And it's going to be real badass. <laughs> That's, I mean, if granted they unhook that arm from the chest. I feel like... Uh, like he's going to end up fighting Joker. Joker is going to gonna break that little thing holding it together. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have a real piccolo moment. Yeah. <laughs> taking off his uh, thing. <laughs> here's 20 kilograms. Here's 40 kilograms. <laughs> he's just wearing a weighted vest. <laughs> well, technically, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, well, is yeah. very heavily weighted. Dragon Ball reference, by the way. Um, <laughs> not as obscure. That is obscure. Well, not as obscure. Not, we were talking about Dragon not, Ball not as week. obscure as... Um, Fist of the North Star, Ken. Yeah, yeah, that's that's much more obscure. So yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about the direction of where they're going with Justice League Eleven. Um, again, like it's not one of those, it's not one of those things where we can sit here and like really digest what is. Yeah, it's it's an action flick. Yeah, really. The next two so. issues, I feel like, will be like that though. Exactly. Yeah, because right now they're they're really setting everything up. Yeah, it's just action sequence after after action sequence. Yeah, and then once we got the heel turn. Now things are. I think it's gonna start ramping up. Like some real sweet what is the music real, going on? Yeah, <laughs> like what is the real ramification of what's happening? Right. Yeah. Um. Because I think before it's just like a series of crisis after another. <laughs> oh yeah, it hasn't stopped for these exactly. guys since uh, metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I think from the next issue, like maybe once we you know get through the uh, the Aquaman tie-ins, the Titan tie-ins, once we come back to Justice League, I think is when we're really going to like okay what is really the thing they're trying to, to tackle here yeah. because that's when it's going to become more clear yeah yeah so yeah what, what uh, do you have any uh, parting thoughts before we wrap up 
this book and ultimately wrap up the segment? Nope. I feel like it's uh it's pretty is straightforward. It, is it going in the direction that you would you had hoped? Um It's going back in the direction that I was hoping. Okay. All right. Because they, they sort of detracted away and we had this conversation last week or two weeks ago. Right. right? Where we we're discussing how they did completely detracted from the totality and we thought that was kind of weird yes now they're bringing the totality back in the fray Mm -hmm. and uh, now they're sort of course correcting which uh, which is what I wanted to see I wanted to see the totality back in the fray because of course that's the whole point of this arc in the first place Mm -hmm. right Um, and then also interested in seeing Batman's new upgrades yeah yeah for sure I I'm I'm also very much enjoying the fact that they've come back, circled back to what we were discussing. Yeah, and and that, it, that and it's blending in really well with with the um, with the drowned earth. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's actually working well. out really. It's actually making a lot of sense. It makes now. sense as to why they did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so why don't we go ahead wrap up the conversation on Justice League number eleven, and let's go ahead and uh, give our thoughts on the coffee that we've been having throughout this segment. So. What do you think about this coffee? Um, it's it's very robust. It's one way. It's it's it's, uh, it's a strong coffee. Very very clear that it's a that it's a dark roast, mm-hmm. which is what we want because we are dark roast comics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very herbally. Okay, like I do get um, like hints of. Uh, like dried goji berries and um, maybe some ginseng in there. Like it's very, it's very herbally. This coffee, very earthy. Yeah, very. Uh, and that's, I think that's the best way to describe it. I just had like a slight hint of like mushroom. There's that too. Yeah, yeah. You, it's very earthy. Like anything from the dirt, not in a bad way. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like yeah, the, no, no, I know exactly what you like mean. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. what this coffee is like. Anything from the ground. And, but we were expecting this because yes. we knew it was it was an arabica blend. Yeah, not and it was a blend of dark roasts. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not a single origin coffee. Yeah, yeah. So you know we were expecting this. So I mean, it's not a bad coffee. Uh, I it's just a little too earthy for for my particular uh, flavor profile that I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much a, a light roast kind of guy. Despite being on dark roast coffee, despite the idea, <laughs> despite. I, I like a light roast coffee. I think we went, we can never course correct the irony. So no, which is fine. This just now lives yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, the best coffee. I the, the what I always hold my standard to is um, the coffee that we had uh, probably near the beginning of our show. The lemon tea duh. Oh, that was like midway through. Yeah, it was it lemon midway tea? Through was it called lemon tea yeah. daydream? Lemon tea daydream. I was actually just thinking about that yeah, one. Yeah, just that that's my standard of coffee. That was my favorite one. Yeah. So anything Be- because I think that one was also the one where like every flavor profile they had said we tasted. Yeah. Because yeah. it made that coffee made sense. Yeah. And it was so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um not to say again, this is not a bad coffee. I think it's just a little strong for a lot of people. Mm-hmm right yeah so it's strong for a dark roast too like it like we've had a few dark roasts on here yeah but this is this is beyond that 
This is uh, like this, this is, is darkest roast. This is like source wall lay coffee. This is. <laughs> 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 they broke down the source wall of what dark roast coffee could be. <laughs> but overall, uh, I I ultraviolet. I I enjoy it. It's not a coffee I'm gonna go out of my way to have every day. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I I pretty much feel the same way. Yeah, it's 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 very dark. It's, I think it's too dark for me. Like I do enjoy dark roast every now and then, and yeah. I do enjoy that that aroma. But yeah. this is dark. this is next level. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll have this particular coffee selectively. Yeah. If ever yeah, that's again. A good, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, this coffee and comic segment. And let's go ahead and hop on that cosmic treadmill. Let's go see what the future holds for us. All right, let's go grab our sneakers. And we're at the cosmic treadmill segment, which means we would have just gotten off the cosmic treadmill. Flash Victor, we're in the future. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) In this segment, what we do is... We look at the upcoming books for the following week and we sort of we go through the previews of the books that we're going to be covering on the show so that you, you know, have a little heads up so you can go and pick them up as they come out and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about them like, you know, close to a week later. So, <laughs> well, you know, we, we release like the day before the next new comic book day. So gives our readers plenty of times, plenty of time to, to, to read the book. Plenty of times. Uh, Plenty of of the good times. (laughs) Okay, so first book we're going to be talking about next week is we're going to talk about Gideon Falls number eight. Here we go. Here we go. Very excited. Very excited. It's written by Jeff Lemire with art by Andrea Sorrentino. And it is titled Original Sins Part 2. Synopsis. As the... Oh, man. That's a hard word to pronounce. As the gossamer threads that appear to connect Father Fred and Norton across space and time become more entwined. Norton suffers a mental setback that could jeopardize both their investigations. Yeah. Well, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Where does where does Norton get taken to? Where does Angie get taken to? Is that doctor really devil man? <clears throat> That's just the term I'm coining for him. Oh, oh. Devil Man. Devil Man. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about Dragon Ball Day, Devil Man. Oh. <laughs> there's, actually, there's an actual anime called Devil, Devil Man. Devil Man, yeah. It's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. It. Really good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's one of the best. I don't know. There's too many animes now. See, I'm right, I'm right back in the saddle and there's still too much. Just ride that horse slowly. I might. Man. I might. Uh, I want to check out My Hero Academia. You have to. That, that is a was, must watch. I've, I've heard it was good. But before we get too side sidetracked, <laughs> I do. I picked up on this in the um, in this little synopsis, and uh, it's talking about the connection between Father Fred and Norton across space and time. Confirmed. Lake House theory confirmed. Lake House <laughs> theory confirmed. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, "Well, wait, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We knew about space." And we had thought about time. Well, we knew series. we knew about time, but had questions about space. I don't know if we, kn- or maybe we just knew about space and time. No, no, no. no. I I think we thought we knew about space because it was connecting the two space. Right, but there was we didn't know that about there was time. Yeah, right. there was question about whether or not these are just two things happening in two different timelines of Gideon Falls. Yeah, 
Could this be space and time confirmed? Lake House confirmed? Keanu Reeves, message us. We got you. Lake, <laughs> Lake House theory confirms. <laughs> so I'm actually really interested to see if that's kind of where they go with this, with this story because now we're really leaping into the supernatural and that'd be that'd be kind of cool that'd be kind of fun yeah. oh i mean we knew that this was the direction that they were go they were going to go after issue 6 i guess so right? i guess so, so it's just a matter of how intricate they were going to write um this particular style of of story yeah 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 Right, like Lake sure. House is not an easy story. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, there's going to be a lot of factors that like have to connect, and they have to be consistent. Yeah, but so, yeah. I think it 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 is it has been written in a way where it all sort of lines up. Yeah, yeah. So that's true. I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm always excited for getting involved. But yeah, I'm excited too. for the next issue. I'm very excited. Okay, so book number two is actually going to be based off of the hit video game God of War. It's a brand new series called God of War. It's the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, published by Dark Horse Comics. It's written by Chris Roberson with art by Tony Parker, Dan Jackson, and E.M. Giss. Tony cover. Parker? Tony Parker. No way. It's not the same Tony Parker. Oh, it's, man. It is not basketball sensation, Tony Parker. Well, I guess basketball X, sensation from like 10 years ago. Ex-basketball sensation. Ex-basketball sensation, yeah. Um, Tim Duncan era sensation. <laughs> no longer. So. Which he was arguably the best point guard at the time. He was so good. Oh, yeah. Oh. He he would master at the craft. But again, we digress before we sidetrack too long. <laughs> we, we always sidetrack. Um, <laughs> so synopsis, Kratos, god of war, has returned. His war on the gods of Olympus long past, Kratos builds a new life for himself in the remote, remote Norse wilds. Seeking to put the rage that defined most of his life behind him, Kratos inadvertently sparks a feud with a mysterious cult of berserkers after attempting to save a stranger being mauled by a monstrous bear. But for the former ghost of Sparta, no good deed goes unpunished. It is a brand new story set in the world of Sony's hit video game, God of War. Boy. Nice. Come here, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's take. This seems like it's taking place before God of War Four. Yes, you're not very good at it. Let's <laughs> just let's it's very, just. It's a very hard voice to do. Let's just n- not do it. Both of us, let's just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> the way we would do is, uh, boy, <laughs> boy, come here, come here, please, <laughs> Atreus, you uh, you coming? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it looks like it's being set before the story of God of War Four. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. It's it's always. I think that the gap between God of War three and God of War, um, I think, makes for a lot of good storytelling. Oh yeah, I, I, I think just because because what happened is so undefined, mm-hmm. right? So I'm I'm actually excited for this run. We'll see where they take it. Uh, I believe this will probably be canon if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um it is it's a four issue mini. So I think it's going to cover just like a very specific portion of, yeah. of that little prequel. Yeah. Because I do think that prequel does it is ripe for gameplay as well. So you know, you wouldn't want them to cover everything. Could comics, be some but, DLC you know, the, type stuff, man. Could be, yeah. Yeah. So it would be it would be cool to see how he meets um how he meets his uh his wife. Yeah. Right in in this story. Or in the Norse version of the story, right in God of War Four. So, 
you know, and how Atreus came about and all that stuff. So well, we know how Atreus came about, right? No, but I, I meant like I meant more like early days of Atreus, like right, when like, it was baby very, Atreus. like baby Atreus. Mm-hmm. You know, what if that had already subtle hints about his eventual reveal of who he is? Now I'm not gonna say what it is on air here because I do know some people have not played the game. It hasn't been long enough for us to have spoilers on the game yet. Really? I don't think. Yeah, it's usually about a five year. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> um, nah, no, nah, I'm pretty sure everybody who wants to play it would have played it by now. But yeah. you know, we'll we'll leave that off the air. You know what? You know what we're talking about. You know what we're about, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what we're about. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and uh, go on to book number three. It's Captain America number five. Okay, it's here we go. Written by Tanahasi Coates with art by Lionel Francis Yu and covered done by Alex Ross. So the synopsis Winter in America continues. As the noose of betrayal tightens around the necks of Captain America and his closest allies, the power elite makes his move in the person of the immortal Celine. Um don't really know what to make of that. I think it's finally time that the power elite started making their presence felt because they've, they've more so had their presence felt in the background. Yeah. It's of been trying real to take slow. over for Hydra. It's yeah. Been real exactly. slow. I would, I haven't been impressed with Captain America probably for the last three issues. Okay. Issue one was, I think the best one for me. And then two, three and four were sort of rehashes of the first one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and if, Issue two was good in a sense that it painted a clearer picture. I believe it was in issue two where it painted a clearer picture of what was actually happening in middle America. Right. That Captain America just wasn't aware of. Right. Right. right? Um, but I think, yeah, over the last two issues, it was more about like they were they were really slow getting to where they're trying to be. Yeah. But I think this issue might blow it all up, which is good. You know, like really sort of show, you know what the power is actually all about yeah yeah yeah. which is good because i think it's about time yeah i I think it should have been time like two issues ago but (laughs) i mean it's long overdue so we'll we'll we'll, uh we'll finally get to see what the power leads all about yeah exactly okay so the last book we're going to be talking about next week is venom number eight venom oh oh, i thought you were gonna have oh oh sorry okay i thought you were gonna have some witty to say no okay Okay. Well, it's written by Donny Cates with art by Ivan Coelho and covered by Ryan Stegman. The Abyss continues. After the gut-wrenching events of last issue, Eddie Brock finds himself alone for the first time in a long time, and the silence is deafening. A can't-miss issue for those looking to see the beginnings of next summer's Venom epic. Whenever I have anything witty to say, it's usually to make fun of you. So it's. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have something to say about Venom just now. Oh, um, what do they mean? Next summer's epic, eh? Yeah. What do they mean by that? The beginnings of next summer's Venom epic. I'm no. I think they're just talking about next summer's Venom story epic. Right. I think maybe a crossover is coming. Yeah. Or like a big event's coming. So I mean, something for us to look forward to. Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially if it's Donny Cates that's continuing to write it. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I think it's gonna be based centered on his run. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Marvel well, is. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited in a shady about it. Place right now, so uh, in terms of books, anyway. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But there are some interesting stuff coming out. So finally, yeah. yeah. 
yeah so I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps up all the books that we'll be talking about for next week mm-hmm. and I think that pretty much wraps up our Cosmic Treadmill segment do you, uh, do you have anything to add to to those books that we're looking for uh no great okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think, yeah, I think that's, but I'm pretty excited for those books coming up. Of course. Um, it's always good because we we don't cover a lot of Marvel books. So, yeah, this is actually. It's, it's going to be a. This, this, we might as well call ourselves uh, DC Rose Comics uh, at this point. <laughs> but yeah, next week will be good because we'll be talking about quite a bit of Marvel stuff. So, you know, pretty looking, you know, looking forward to that. So, Stanley, we've got your back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up the segment and pretty much wraps up our episode as well. So we thank you for tuning in, and we hope you had enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. Please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or you got a book in mind that you want us to talk about on the show, send us an email at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. You can also find myself on twitter.com slash otterlygeeky and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. And we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. See ya.